Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Back again in the treehouse, following all safety precautions in order to bring forth another episode to you. Emo Brown, Saddest Mexican Podcast. Today, revisiting a former former guest, aquí con el Eric Navarro, RN, Mr. ICU, Mr. All Things COVID, comes and brings us updates on what's going on currently with testing, himself taking the vaccination, all things going on COVID, what's going on in the world. Eric, welcome back, brother. Thank you. Thank what's you cracking, bro? What, what, what's, what's been good? going on the last time you've been here? Uh, since the last time I've been here, actually, first time I'm in the treehouse. So, Welcome to the treehouse, bro. Thank Look you. at you. you. You brought me a freaking Thank sweater, you. a nice little wisdom sweater. I'm going to pimp this out. This is a great sweater, man. Thank you. I ordered the, um, the 1998, 1996, 98 Padres uh, blue cap with orange to match this beautiful hoodie. Ooh, that's the one. That's the one. It's clean. Yeah. What's up, brother? Not much, brother. Just, you know... Living and working, working and living. How, how's your work schedule right now? What, what, what does it consist of going to, you see San Diego? I work at Sharp Memorial. Sharp Memorial, perdón, perdón. Damn, what a hater I am on that. It's all good. We, we all do the same thing. <laughs> so what does the schedule consist of though? Uh, right now, um, and previously, pre-COVID, during COVID, after COVID, three days a week. Um, within seven days, got to work three days. Okay. Sometimes more, sometimes less or never? Always, always at least three. Always at least three if the if the if the nurse feels obliged, work some overtime if it's available. Right now, hello overtime. It's all it's all available. It's all available. Damn, homie. So they work in your ass? Yeah. Well, it's just it's just different, you know, like we never had to wear all these like special precautions and, and gowns and masks and do all these like wipe downs before, but like just to do a simple task to get into a patient's room. Like it's, it's heavy, man. Like every single time, even if you want to just press a button inside the room, got to put on all this equipment and take it off and do it the right way. When I talked to you last time, you hadn't taken a test yet. You were, uh, they, they, they weren't requiring at Sharp to, uh, for the nurses to take tests. Is that still in play? Still in play. Um, it's by choice. Yeah. Um, we could take it at a test site, free test site from the city, from the government. Um, but no, it's not mandatory. But you've taken tests since then? I have. I, I wanted to hang out with my family during Christmas and I wanted to have a guarantee. Nice. You know what I mean? Nice. Good I mean, for you, man. We still do the social distance thing, but you know, I wanted to guarantee that I'm not- You're not the one. Exactly. You're like, I'm not the one exactly. bringing down the family. Exactly. I mean, even when we did gather, there was less than 10 of us. You know what I mean? Like nice. my brother's family. That's crazy, bro. Parents. That's, that's um, crazy because there's- Filipino families are huge, especially around the holidays, man. They're like, you guys are like Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Mexicans of the sea. That's what I tell people sometimes. You Mexicans know? of the sea. <laughs> you dumb fool. <laughs> so here you are in the treehouse. You recently had your vaccination. How was that experience, man? It was dope, man. Like uh, at first I was, I was completely resistant because, you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is trial one. You know, I don't want to be part of this like messed up situation if I get a side effect or something like that. Was that the common um, thought throughout the, your colleagues in the ICU or were you just the the man on your own on a mission. I, I think it would, I would say mostly probably 50-50, especially since I work with a bunch of women, you know, uh -huh. because 
they heard something or someone said something about like it could affect the ability to get pregnant. Okay. Reproduction. A, yeah. Within a certain amount of years. And I don't know where they got this information, but you know, that's just what I heard from a few uh, of my colleagues. And, and I'm like more power to you. If, if you want to have kids like within a certain amount of time and you're like concerned about getting this vaccine, then, then do you. Yeah. You know what I mean? How was sharp stance on that? Um, well, it's the same thing with the flu vaccine. It's not mandatory. So it's not mandatory to get the vaccine currently for COVID if no. you work in the RN, if you're an RN rather. No. Healthcare, uh, frontline healthcare workers, no, it's not mandatory. I mean- It's just made available to you. And it's, yes. And it's absolutely suggested, recommended by our, our system, you know, because obviously we're, we're dealing with them straight up. So. so that first vaccine you took, what was the percentage of effectiveness? I don't know. I, I, I didn't really do too much research on it. I just know that it's a, it's a small percent of the virus. Um, and uh, we're going to get a booster shot in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I heard that one's going to be the stronger one. So you got, you, you got your first vaccine, what, like a couple weeks ago? Uh, I got it on Christmas. On Christmas. Christmas, Christmas and then morning. three weeks after Christmas, you, you get the, the booster. Yes. And the booster is the one. Yes. Sir. That's the one that's like legit. Now you, you're going to be probably up to like 95% if not resistant. More. If, if not, not more. more. Yeah. You excited for that? Or? Oh, hell yeah. I'm excited for that. Damn, okay. homie, you different now. I don't know what was in that vaccine. You different now, bro. Look at you. Before it's like, nah, I ain't going to take no test. Nah, I don't feel like taking no vaccine. All of a sudden. Well, all right. Let me tell you the reason why I decided to get Go ahead. it. Um, I was like, you know what? I this is science. You know what I mean? I, I practice science. Not, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I, I use science you know, to my benefit for my profession. And there's no better way to get numbers and, and data um, through having people actually take the vaccine and see how they respond. And, you know, I don't want to be in this uh, COVID-like situation anymore uh, than anyone else does for any longer. So I'm like, let me help by, you know, getting the vaccine and whatever data they can pull from my reactions uh, or my immunity. Uh, that's my way of helping the community beyond what I do at work. You know, so, hey, if I get a, a, a reaction or a side effect, then as long as I'm not dead, then I'm good. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> if you ain't dead, you're always good. But that's my, that's my uh, idea of like trying to help move us forward, you know, during this, this time. Damn fool. So what's going on out there? What, what do you know? What, 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 do you, what kind of message do you have for the people that are listening? What do you recommend? What do you advise? What do you see that's currently going on that needs to be changed? Nothing really. Everyone... I mean, when I say nothing, really, the, the recommendations will never change as far as like, you know, hand hygiene, uh, social distancing and wearing the mask. All those will uh, continue to be in play, like even post-COVID. Mm. But I would just say, I mean, the biggest, it's more or less like an idea of like, uh, of love and respect. Because, I mean, we grew up in like the 80s. And remember when you could walk into like a restaurant or someplace and, and you could just smoke? Like, yeah, I remember those days. You could be just like kids yeah. like in a, in a pizza parlor, like, like Pizza Hut or something like uh -huh. that, right? And, or, or like a Chuck E. Cheese. And then... Bro, I remember restaurants used to have smoking sections and non-smoking yeah. sections yeah, and all it, under the same like no, roof. Yeah. And like matter. the smoke was just it, like everywhere. But it, it was like, matter. oh, no, no, this is a non-smoking section. Yeah, only, but there's smoke everywhere. You, you was a little kid and you were just like, I'm... <laughs> 
I'm choking on my pizza. <laughs> I remember that was at Aunt Emma's here. People know in the South Bay, Aunt Emma's on East Street, man. Old school house, a pancake style place. And yeah, you walk in there. Would you like uh, seating in the smoking or non-smoking section? And now, like now in 2021, thinking back to that, that's ridiculous. Like, that's yeah, super ridiculous. And, and we'll never see shit like that again in our yeah. lifetime, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the reason I bring that up is because it's the same situation. Because, you know, like just because you might feel okay, feel healthy, feel good, feel fine, only be you, yourself, or whoever your little uh, circle is. Uh, when you go outside of your house, uh, you're exposed to the entire world, you know? Um, so wearing a mask is, it's absolutely not about you. It's about everybody else. Um, and right now, the people that are uh, choosing to be anti-maskers, um, that's fine. That's your choice. Uh, I just hope you know the effect that you're having on the community. Uh, I can't guarantee that you're spreading anything because um, unless you were to absolutely get tested or have symptoms yourself or a loved one that has symptoms, but... Why, why, why take that into consideration? You know, why even, why even risk, risk it, bro? Why even risk that? Like, it's not worth the risk right now. If you're alone by yourself in your establishment or your, your home, wherever, or even wherever you go, like, that's fine. That's all on you. But as soon as you have any contact with another person, it's not about you anymore. It's about, it's about the, the respect of the community. So that's, that's, that's my uh, perspective on it. Um, and um, like, still do you. Still do you, but just understand it's you have to start thinking outside of yourself and, and thinking thinking about everyone else because uh, that's the situation that we're in. What's the ICU look like right now? ICU, we're full. Um, so what does that mean? We're full. I brought some. I wanted to do some. I wanted to do some numbers. So I work for Sharp Healthcare, and and by no means am I a spokesperson for Sharp Healthcare. Oh, today you are, motherfucker. But I just wanted today to you like, are kind of like give the idea of like how how. Uh, just breaking it. I want to do math. Go ahead. So let's do some math. So, so Sharp Healthcare has some uh, four major hospitals. We got Sharp Memorial, Sharp Grossmont, Sharp Chula Vista, and Sharp Coronado. Um, Sharp Chula Vista um, and Grossmont. I don't know how many ICU beds they have, as well as Coronado, because I work at Sharp Memorial. Sharp Memorial. We got twenty. We got twenty-four ICU beds in the MICU. Twenty-four beds in the SICU, and then we have eight plus beds in the overflow ICU. So that's a that's worst case scenario shit. When everything else gets full, that's where those go. What's crazy is our overflow unit is 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 full. You okay. I mean? So so now now I want to break it down like this. So each ICU patient requires um like uh, a minimum of one nurse, maximum maximum um two nurses. That that'd be like the most severe cases. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the most patients an ICU nurse can take care of are two. Two at a time. Two well, at yeah, time, two. Depending on how sick they are, right? Mm -hmm. the, the sickest of the sick, only one. RN. So if we have 24 ICU rooms, 24 patients, you know, you have to have at least a minimum of 12 nurses uh, to take care of those patients. Um, so right now, or even pre-COVID, the... Those are just standards. Those are just standards, right? But I, I looked up the numbers as far as our scheduling is concerned. Pre-COVID, we would have maybe minimum of 15, 16 nurses. Okay, so you're already per, above the standard. Per, per shift. Per, okay. Because some patients, like there'll be multiple t patients that require just one RN. So for people who don't know, in order to be in an ICU bed, what, what has to be occurring with you at that moment? How do you get admitted into an ICU bed? ICU, sickest patients uh, that um, come into the hospital okay. and, and have a, a fighting chance to hopefully um, save them, treat them, um, because we use medications and therapies that are not used throughout the hospital, only in ICU. Only in ICU. So, and we have to be- So it's pretty severe. You know, if you're going to be in the ICU- 
it's a severe case. You know, put it this way, uh, in other hospital rooms, at least in our hospital, um, the patients are less sick. They have a, a bathroom and a shower in, mm. their, in their rooms. In, our, in the ICU, there are no bathrooms or shower because the patients are not standing up. They're typically in bed, uh, incapacitated either through choice um, or actually through mandatory uh, means because of the doctor's orders or because literally they cannot move. Hmm. So that's pretty sick, right? If you can yeah. get out of the bed to use the bathroom or if you did, you need like one-to-one like nursing, like assistance, like, you know, hand holding and making sure they don't trip or fall. Damn. So that's on the rare occasion that someone's able to actually get out of bed. Um, and right now I see you at Sharp Memorial slammed. Slammed. I mean, okay. I remember I said minimum 12, like we were scheduling 15, 16 nurses pre-COVID right now. I just looked at the schedule and the, the least amount of nurses I've seen, or actually the average is 22 nurses oh. per, per shift. So how many nurses are on staff currently? Man, now we're getting to those numbers. Uh, just average, I would say maybe 60. Okay, so 60. My just my department. Just your department, the ICU. And then 60 is, is what normally is on staff. 12 of those standard at a time. You're looking at mo- like mostly 20 up at 20 right now that are currently scheduled to work per shift. Yeah. Well, well, that's just, let's see, night shift, probably 30 to 40. Oh my God. Shift. So half of the staff is on to 40 board. on day shift. So maybe 60 to 80 nurses total, like just uh-huh. for my um, medical ICU. Yeah. And of those 80, like more than half are currently scheduled to work on an, an, a daily nightly shift. How, what does that do for you guys, man? I mean, how's the sleeping habits? How's, how's just your guys' fatigue? How are you guys holding up? We're, you know, we have no choice, you know. Mm-hmm. Even, well, before COVID, night shift nurses, um, a lot of them have difficulty sleeping um, just because of, I mean, who, who stays up overnight for 12 hours, you know? Yeah, for uh, sure. Um, so that was an issue already. But now that, like I mentioned, having to wear all the PPE, go in and out of the rooms uh, and try to limit our, um, our exposure with them. Um, and also the fear of like bringing it home to loved ones. Mm. I mean, you, and then they also have their own personal problems or personal issues with their particular family members uh, or friends, you know, that may have been affected or are affected by COVID. So that's a lot of stress on us. Like, even if we never stepped into work, we're dealing with stress outside of work. So that's, that's legit. That's, that's how everyone feels right now. <laughs> I like going that's why I like going on bike rides on Sunday man it's, it's my super release it's like your disconnect from everything yeah man I have super fun I mean I love all the homies um, it's for a great cause or you know the foundation part yeah it, for sure know? but you know I, I recommend all of our uh, our friends family and colleagues you know get outside and just enjoy fresh air like you know socially distanced and, and I mean we live in a beautiful city man San Diego you know like de-stress yourself somehow uh, respectfully you know so as a, I mean and that's what one of the things I keep hearing about is like the best thing you can do to avoid getting sick or getting like severely you know sick with the COVID is taking care of yourself you know having a legit diet working out you know getting cardio Always. going outside Always. you know like things that affect your immune being stressed like asleep you know stress man uh, believe it or not like just mental stress like you what if you like ate right you exercised right but you just had like a ton of mental stress like yeah. that actually plays a, an effect on your immune system because um you know the when you have mental stress the the body adapts by you know uh, pumping blood harder because your heart is bumping or, or beating faster so you can 
develop hypertension over a long period of time if you're like under a lot of stress mm. and you don't have like a routine way of dealing with it. Um, so yes, stress is absolutely a silent killer. You know? Like, because it affects your, I mean, that's just the mental part of it. That's not even like, you know, exercising and, and resting and eating right. So when's your next shift, bro? When do you go back to work? Actually, um, what's today? Today Wednesday, is Wednesday. Uh, January 6th. I'm, I'm out indefinitely right now. Um, what does that mean? Well, I alluded to it before we started our little Treehouse Chronicles, but um, like my grandma passed away last, last yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Bro, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, unexpectedly from non-COVID related natural causes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm out on bereavement right now. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Um, it's okay though, because... You know, it was her time. She's 90 years old. And oh, so you got, you got to all hang out with her over the holidays? Well, what, you know what's crazy is we celebrated her 90th birthday approximately like March 13th or 15th, mm. 2019. Uh, actually, 220. What am I talking about? 220, 2020. And what's crazy is the week before her, her birthday, it was going to be some big bash, you know, because it's her 90th. And... Um, you know, information was pouring in around the country and the world about, you know, the holding it down, staying, yeah. And so I have family all over the States and, and the world, you know, in like Costa Rica, Japan, like Tennessee, all over, right? And they were all going to come and celebrate. And then some of my aunties and uncles and cousins decided not to come. Yeah, it would be in their birthday. best interest uh, and they travel. Even, they even suggested we don't even have a, a, a birthday party for her, but we did anyways, uh, a smaller gathering just at my, my dad's house. And they were... You know, some of my relatives were adamant about like, you know, you shouldn't go or you shouldn't. And me being the ICU nurse, I was like, it's just like the flu. Just, you know, let me wash my hands and cover my mouth. And, you know, if I'm sick, don't show up. So, yeah. So I did so. And, and ultimately, those are the three things, right? I mean, yeah. like ultimately, just wash your hands, yeah, cover, your, cover your face. And if you are ill, just don't show up. Yeah, that's it. You know, if you're feeling any symptoms, just stay home. So as an ICU nurse, that's what you recommend even now. Like if you're on the bell, like, you know, man, don't go to work if you're ill. One, boom. Two, if you're going to go out and be in the public, going shopping, and which seems weird now because we're so, we're so used to it. So it's no longer even weird. It's like, obviously now it's like wifey, wifey wears gloves when she goes out to grocery stores, right? She, she wears like uh, latex gloves. So every time we go to Costco, should we pick up a new okay. box of gloves for her? And, um, Just make sure she, as soon as she... Um, like that one time you throw them out. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I hope she ain't using them. That's nasty. Um, but yeah, she she puts on her gloves, puts on the mask, and then we go shopping. You know, she handles her stuff and come back home. And yeah, so I mean, if anything positive is coming out of it, this is these are new habits that we're forming that are gonna just you know turn into the routine lifestyle. It's like you know, wash your hands more thoroughly. As, as fucking barbaric and <laughs> archaic as it sounds, like you just wash your hands. You know, it seems so old school, but it's it, it's it's effective. I mean, cover your face. We've we've always seen people from the Asians that cover their face, and yep. you know what? That that's gonna be us now. They started actually. Here's the funniest thing: is like the way that we developed, like you know, uh, being uh, properly uh, hygiene, taking care of others, were I guess there was a nurse on a battlefield back in the day, maybe the Civil War, that was just like, you know what, let's let's wash our hands before we see the next patient and see what happens. And 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 all of a sudden, patients started like surviving longer because when they went from patient to patient before, they were just like, you know, had no gloves, uh, maybe some rags or something like that, and were treating the next patient. Mm. And then once someone decided, hmm, let's let's ask wash. Let's implement hand washing before we get to the next patient. Yeah, I mean, there were no gloves at that point still, so. Once they decided to do that, then they start to see more cases or actually 
more people survive. Survival rate increase. Yeah. And and as you mentioned about the Asians, like, you know, remember the SARS or bird flu, wine flu, swine flu, um, 10 years ago, right? 10, approximately 10 years ago uh, or more, actually, maybe. That's when they were doing it. And they just kept on doing it. Guess what? Happened to us now during COVID. And Boom. guess now what? We we're going to keep doing it too. Yep. I see nothing wrong, man. I mean, wrong. it's a crazy time, bro. It's a crazy time as it relates to people who, who want to buy into everything and people who purposely want to like opt out and not, not abide by shit. I feel like um, people's tune obviously changes as soon as uh, it hits close to home. You know, as soon as you're touched personally by, by COVID and to the most like dramatic negative effect, you lose a loved one or, you know, you just, you, you just get touched by COVID. Like I, I, I personally know people who have, who've had COVID who prior to it were like, nah, man, it's all good. It's just the flu. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Then they, you know, unfortunately they catch it. And then now they sing in a different tune, you know, they're there. And that's, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it, it, it's a positive thing. You know, it's like, fortunately now it's like, at least they know how to take care of themselves moving forward. You know? I mean, I would say I, I don't wish COVID on anybody. Um, but if someone were to, uh, you know, get COVID, I would pray uh, with all my might that they recover fully and that they learn something from it, you know, learn something about, you know, how to take care of themselves and to appreciate not only their life, but the life of others, you know, by doing simple things like washing your hands, staying, staying socially distanced um, and wearing a mask. Like it's really easy. I mean, it, I think, uh, you know, washing your hands doesn't cost uh, a lot of money. <laughs> it doesn't cost, it's minimal, bro. It's minimal. You know, <laughs> like if you have water supply and maybe some uh, soap, then you, you, you should be able to do so or can afford a, a bottle of hand sanitizer if, if that's how you choose to do it, you know? Real simple. Fucking somber m update with you, bro. Well, yes, um, but, uh, you know, we've been having, you know, just some messages over the, over the last, you know, 24 hours of... Uh, because uh, she passed away. My grandma passed away Tuesday morning at like 5.30 in the morning. You know? um, like I said, non-COVID related natural causes. She turned 90 last uh, March. But um, the messages on our uh, family um, messenger are all about, you know, remembering her, the positives of her life and, and just remembering her that way. Um, but also, I, I didn't think it was... Uh, a, way for me not to be on this podcast to talk about this topic because I, I felt it was that important you're very adamant lately since the last time we met about this bro like about you know encouraging people to doing the right thing get your test you know following guidelines because i remember once upon a time you were whistling a different tune <laughs> and i was like yeah. you know what let's get you on the podcast so you can talk about how like you don't you're update. not fully you're it's not a, fully on board it's truly an update because you know uh even in my wildest dreams i wouldn't have dreamed that i would live to go through anything like this i, I don't know about anyone else out there but i never thought we would go through something like this ever so here we are bro like january 5th i think uh, January 6th, 2021. We've gone through November, the holidays. We've gone through December, the holidays. Um, what kind of uptick happened at ICU during those times? Like after post-holidays, was there a legitimate like, oh man, people didn't really abide by the guidelines and now look at our ICU, we're slammed. Now look at our hospital, we're overwhelmed. Now look at... Uh, it's crazy to like, okay, I'll go back to the math. Like 24 ICU beds in the MICU at my hospital. Uh, out of those 24 beds, we retrofitted them to accommodate COVID patients uh, with a thing called negative pressure rooms. Typically patients that have tuberculosis, active tuberculosis or suspected tuberculosis, we place in these 
negative pressure rooms because it's like sucking air into the duct that has a super filter and it doesn't get in. And we close the door, right? Only the nurse can enter there. Uh, so now we retrofitted um, 18 out of the 24 beds. So we only have six beds for regular patients that don't have COVID. Mm. So 18 are full of COVID patients. So the, the thing that I want to impress upon, uh, uh, to the community is that, say, for instance, um, somebody has a heart attack, God forbid, you know, car accident, uh, some type of, um, you know, un- unwanted or, or unwanted like health condition that requires ICU placement. We literally only have six beds to put you in, um, barring that they don't have COVID. So literally it's to that point where we have to decide, is this pers- person worth putting a breathing tube into? Legitimate triage. Yeah, because, because, okay, I talked to one of the respiratory therapists and he said the entire hospital has 50 ventilators. And you think mm. about that, like for our, our community and how many people live in San Diego, like let's just say I, I work at Sharp Memorial and let's just imagine each hospital has 50 ventilators. There's less than, easily less than, 20 hospitals, maybe even, even less than so that. So call it a thousand ventilators at most, in, in you know? And how many people live in San Diego? You know what I mean? And these patients, there is no timetable for when they will be off a ventilator. Are you guys at the point right now where you are um, pushing people away that come in? Be like, nah, man, we can't take you. We can't take you right now. Um, to a certain extent, yes, because remember we talked about last time, people in Chula Vista, because their hospital has been bombarded since the, the beginning, and they haven't had a, any type of break, is when people go there and they need a, a ventilator and an ICU nurse, they are transferred to Sharp Memorial. And right now, uh, even without being, or, or, or getting patients from Sharp Chula Vista, um, we're already full. So um, yes, absolutely. It's the truth that people like that are, doctors have to make this call. And Ugh. they have to make this call. They, they say, you know what? Because of this person's condition and their likelihood of survival, they encourage the family members to um, think about, you know, are, do they want them to be intubated? Do they want them to, you know, go through the entire, um, like, uh, process, process of, of possible recovery, which is not likely in, in certain instances. I, I won't be the one to say that. That's the doctor. That's a doctor's call. Uh, call, right? And uh, the families have to think about it and say, you know what? No, let's not put them through that. Like, you know, they've, they've lived a good life and... Um, We'll just make them what's called a DNR. Do not resuscitate. So no breathing tube, no, no uh, CPR, no, no defibrillator shock, uh, depending. You know, there's different levels to that DNR um, status, um, but they scale them down because they don't want their loved one to um, go through that. But, but some people are adamant, like do everything. Okay. Even when we as professionals- Can the doctor step in and be like, you know what? No, I'm going to refuse or- No. No, because I, from what I've heard, even before COVID, like when they do that, they open themselves up for lawsuits. Nah, for sure. Yeah. Because you don't want to save my family member. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, and we're supposed to do what, what the next of kin or the durable power of attorney wants. Um, and, and if you do anything other than that, uh, outside of that, then you can open yourself up for, you know, some type of lawsuit from the family or DPOA. Damn, Eric. Tell me something positive, bro. Shit. Right. Okay. Yes. I, I want to tell you something positive. Okay. Well, I mean, what you got? I, I'm, I'm fully immersed in Emo Brown. That's a positive for me personally. Go ahead. And, and I would say like um, in the beginning of COVID, I was riding my bike by myself because there was less uh, traffic. So mm-hmm. I felt super, super safe. Right. And now that traffic has picked up, like I, I feel a little bit um, more unsafe to go ride by myself. But, you know, um, 
after being reintroduced to you through Clint and uh, Chicle, like I feel super comfortable, like riding out with the crew. Bro, we've been riding. We've been riding deep lately, man. Everywhere. We, I Everywhere. mean, masked up outside, everything, but we're still riding deep, man. The yeah, UCSD ride was that joke. I missed that one, bro. I was that was during the know. middle of my UPS like oh, freaking okay. peak okay. time. All right, okay. Yeah, but yeah, so I just came back. Um, okay. What was it? This is my third ride since being gone for like two months of riding with you guys. Really? Yeah, bro. I the only rides I did in those two months were the uh, the fun ride that we did for the fundraiser, uh-huh. and uh, that was it. I did that. Wow. Yeah. So basically for two months, it was just that one ride. But yeah, the last uh, few weeks I started coming back and I've done the two 125 rides. Bro, those rides are gnarly. Dude, it's only, it's only Street. like, oh. it's only like 30 mile ride, but it's all uphill. That, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, what you call, uh, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, glad to have It's fun, man. I enjoy it. I mean, now that we're talking about resolutions on the last episode with my home, Cuando Compita Chicle, what you got? You, you a big believer in resolutions? You a big believer? Uh, not a big resolution mm. uh, person. I feel like, you know, the, the day or moment you decide that you want to change something is when you should start. You know? Just do it. Just you ain't got to wait for a date. No, no. Yeah, we were talking about that and we we're like, you know what? We're not big resolution people, but if there ever was a fucking year yep. to have a resolution, this seems <laughs> this, this seems one. fitting, you know? Oh, man. It slapped us in the face and it's still yeah. slapping us in the and face. Yeah, wife you know? and I are just making a more conscious effort like to work out every day. You know, yeah. in addition to like normal work, uh, you know, labor intensive work at UPS, I told wife, he's like, okay, on Mondays, ride my bike. On Tuesdays, we run. That's- on Wednesdays, ride bike. So every other day, awesome, you know, man. like, and we're, we're on it. I mean, obviously it's only, we're only five days into it, but we're, we're consistent with it. You know, we, we run together, we drop the kids off and my pops and my mom's pad. And then we go running, you know, just started. So it's nothing like, oh my God, yeah. you're running miles. And like, dude, we ran two miles yesterday you outside. and it took us like 20 minutes, you know? You're so we're outside. just jogging. You're getting your heart. Yeah. Right we're just, That's all that matters. Yeah. So I mean, the goal by the end of the year is like, all right, cool. Boom. Fucking, I can rub out a fucking five mile run about 30 minutes and be done. You no, know, that's the goal. I'll probably do my best to get there. I don't know if I'll get there, man. You're doing something. <laughs> I'm just that's trying. All that matters. You're doing something. You know, we're taking these kids out, having fun with them, playing more outside, you know, buying them shit so they can play outside, you know. Yeah, man. It's, gotta, it's just all goody. Gotta, gotta stay alive, you know, like in your heart and your mind, you know, besides obviously physically, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just be like, eat the same shit every day, do the same shit every day, go to work, sleep. You know what I mean? You got to like thrive, you know, like do it, you know, if, uh, um, since we're talking about some positive resolution Go ahead. Type stuff, uh, I want to, I want to do my grandma some justice. All right. Um, let's, I'm going to share some stories, uh, if I may handle it. So 90 years old, um, my grandma came here. I don't know what age she was, but she's been here easily for 30 years. Um, plus, um, I have 40 years plus cause my parents met here, you know, and like, you know, birthed me and my brothers. So, so originally from the Philippines? Originally from the Philippines. And then my, like I mentioned before, my, my, my grandfathers were both in the, in the U.S. Navy. They went to, I think, outside of Key West, Florida or somewhere, Tampa Bay, somewhere in Florida. Uh, and then after that, they came here. Uh, and my dad graduated in um, high school from Montgomery High School. South Bay. South Bay. Uh, and like, where were we going? Oh, um, yeah, so she lived in South San Diego, and if anybody knows about the McDonald's off of Palm Avenue, it's like the one you hit before you go to TJ for a good night. Mm-hmm. She lived uh, down the street uh, behind the park on uh, Firethorn. And um, so on Saturdays or Friday nights, we'd spend the night there, brothers and cousins. Grandma would walk us to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal and 
made us all happy. You know, you get the little toy in it. Hell yeah. So one day we were walking back to the crib and it was like, you know, I don't know what time it was. Uh, we would go in the morning and the nighttime. But I remember there was some, I don't know, questionable looking people in the park. Um, I was in elementary, you know, I'm just like, and I'm teasing my grandma. I'm like, hey, like, what would you do if, you know, something happened? And she lifted up her, her, her jacket and she, she's packing a knife, man. Hell yeah. And I was like, oh, You're about to fillet them. Dude, there's like, you know, how many of us, like five, six of us kids, you know what I mean? It's just her, you know? She had a knife, you know what I mean? And she was down for it. And I was like, damn, that's my grandma, you know? Uh, so I remember that about her. Like, we all love her cooking, you know? Like, I mean, who, I mean, hopefully everyone got to experience their grandma's cooking, but. I like, still do, bro. I'm going to pick up some albondigas. I made, ooh. I smoked some ribs um, yesterday and my grandma, my abuelita, Break she, she made some albondigas. So I'm about to pull a trade later, bro. I'm about to go over to their house, drop off some ribs and get a nice little fucking cazuela of uh, albondigas. Okay, I'll uh, add me to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Another story I have of her is, you know, being the cook that she is. Uh, I, I went, you know, I was in my 20s and I, I was no longer living with my parents. And, and so I decided to go over there to just pay my grandparents a visit because they were, uh, you know, just, just them two. And they just watch like Filipino uh, network television or go to the casino. You know, other than that, they just stay home. So I went to go over there and just catch up with her because I haven't seen her in a while since like, you know, Christmas or birthday party. And I had come like right after lunch. And like, so I was, I was good, you know, I, I wasn't hungry at all. And, uh, so I was figuring, you know, she went into the kitchen and started cooking some food and, you know, we we're talking, just catching up, you know, and then, you know, the food was ready. I was like, dang, grandma, you must be hungry. Cause you made a lot of food. And she's like, she's like, what are you talking about? I already ate. This food is for you. And I was like, oh, grandma, no, I'm hungry. I'm, I already ate. I'm not hungry. She's like, you're not going to eat. And she gave me that look. And I was like, oh, yeah. Motherfucker, you were eating. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm I, about I'm, to eat. I just got hungry right now. <laughs> Let's have it. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Like, That's the thing about abuelitas, grandmas. What, what, what do Filipinos call their grandmas? Uh, you know, uh, nanai or lola. Nanai and lola. I know the lola. I have a Filipino niece. And, yeah, she refers to her grandparents as lolas and lolos. And um, it doesn't matter if you're hungry or not, bro. Ah. If, if abuelita, if, if lola made some food, your ass about to sit down and feast. It was crazy. Because and it doesn't matter how fat you get, man. Grandma's eyes. Ay, mijo, estás flaquito. You, you look so skinny. <laughs> right? It don't she, matter. She didn't even ask, bro. She, she just she she just started cooking when I showed up, like, <laughs> immediately. Like, you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay, she's, she must be, you know, it's lunchtime for her. Well, I'm sorry you lost your grandma, bro. It's it's very obvious that you have a very, uh, you had a tight-knit connection with, with, with your Lola. And Thank you, bro. Take this time to just reflect and remember, you know, remember her. Take all the positives. I mean, shit, I'm no one to tell people how to reflect on life but you're a good dude thanks bro i'm happy our circle has uh encompassed you and we we all roll in the same tribe now we ride bikes sure. we share stories we're about to get into a couple of beers from, um, from my abuelita uh nanai what's, what, what's abuelita's name uh a norma norma Abuel lola norma uh, norma a uh, norma uh, a norma yes oh nice bro uh so you know, what's crazy is because it just happened yesterday morning, our entire family, I, I hope, knows because, you know, we have like the ability of social media and, and, and modern technology. But, you know, uh, for our ex extended family, um, this may be the first time that they're hearing about it on this podcast. If they listen, you better listen. Yeah, <laughs> about to about, tag all your family it's, it's about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, like we're still, you know, now, now Processing it. it's, it's shifted. You know, the thing that sucks is because we're such a big family and everyone lives around the world, like they cannot just immediately just come. 
No, pues no. Year, right? I mean, I mean, if it was difficult pre-COVID, imagine now during COVID, exactly. man. You know, it's going to be... Ugh. And so the, the big shift right now is just like, you know, taking care of my grandpa. He, you know, he's in his 90s um, and, you know, he's an old man, old, set in his ways, you know, and, and like he's being like, you know, tough right now. Yeah. You know, like we're just expecting him to, you know, handle it his own way, but uh, we just got to be there for him because for sure. we have no idea. Like, Family. I mean, he's been married to her like for over like 75 years. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... Like, goals, bro. Goals. Think, think about that. Like you, so you wake up every damn day, and someone's there for seventy-five plus years, and like now that person's not there. Like, can you imagine what's going through his mind? You know what I mean? So, so we just gotta gotta go get some your 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 Lolo some beers or something, some hugs, some I kind there, words. I was there last night, you know, and being the the, the dude that he. Damn, is, homie, you know? this is so fresh. Like it had just happened. Why are you here? Go home. Go to your family. Yo, yo, trust me. Trust me. Like, uh, uh, I was there last night, you know, yeah. and I, homeboy didn't let me in. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he was just like, no, I'm good. Like, uh, another day. So I'm, I'm going to go uh, after this. Uh, my brother was there uh, at lunchtime uh, delivering some food to uh-huh. him. You know, what's crazy is my, my aunties have this thing called Arlo. Uh, you know, this is not an advertisement for Arlo. Um, but they are able to visualize him with a camera. Like this is not <laughs> in in the house from from around the world, man. All right. They could just like log in and, and they pop could in see, on him. Yeah, like even if he whether he likes it or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some fucked up shit, bro. Because my grandma was the one that was you know she had like early Alzheimer's and, mm. and they were like it was for her you know to make sure that you know she's not like laying on the floor or like you know like you know fell down and couldn't get up type situation you know. Yeah. So uh, now it's shifted to my grandpa. I mean he's spry, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, if I'm him, I'm throwing a towel over that shit, bro. Ain't nobody gonna be peeping on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want. I mean, I wonder if he knows. I don't know if he even knows. You better be the one that breaks it to him when you see him later. Hell no, Be man. like, hey, yo, grandpa. This fool was a boxer, dude, in the yeah. Navy, man. Like, pop you in the mouth. Lightweight champion, dude. So I'm just like, I ain't fucking with him, man. Like, he used to give us the little, like, one-two, like, you know, combo thing. Train with Pacquiao. That's, that's the word. <laughs> hey, hey, grandpa. Oh, man. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, me up. I'm bummed, bro. I'm bummed that, uh. This is going on for you. You're, you're, from what I know, you're a very positive guy, a very happy guy, happy-go-lucky. You're always down to take care of people around you. That's why, I mean, this shit, that sucks. I'm sorry. Sorry that happened. I appreciate that. Like, I consider you a brother. Um, and, you know, as family-oriented as you are, I, I know you understand. Yeah, man. Family is everything for us, it. man. You know? You know, I say us because, I mean, shit. Filipinos, man. Yeah. You know, like, Just a shade away. We the same, bro. Brown, Fuck, brown, man. brown. Pasco. Feliz Año Nuevo, brother. How do you say Feliz Año Nuevo in, in, in Tagalog? Is it Mane un pound town? How do you say it? You know what? I even texted you it, but like, I can't even pronounce it right now. Like, is I don't say it that often, you know? I, oh, I say Feliz Año Nuevo more than I say I say Malagayan Pasco, bro. And everyone laughs at me. I go to this <laughs> I go to this spot on Plaza, bro. It's called, um, fuck is it called? Lisa's? Lisa's? Lisa's on, on Plaza. They, they got like a Filipino cuisine. I want to say it's Lisa's. Yeah, it's Lisa's. It's in the barbecue pit shopping center. You know, motherfucker right next to the Royal Mandarin and all that. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go in there and, and, and fucking we buy lumpia, we buy pancet, we buy some of that flan, bro. And um, I say, ah, salamat, ah. What's crazy is like, and then, but then you like, say, like young yeah, yeah, bro. Like I go in and like salam. I'm like, oh, you, you Filipino, and I was like, no, 
you you look like you can be soap star in the Philippines and I was like yeah, I was like oh you got that light skin that's yeah that, that's that what she said skin. she's like you light skin you you look like you could be oh, a soap bro. star man I got that dark brown skin so I'm fooling them bro I'm I'm fooling them when I go in and I start speaking to God like ah salamat and then yeah like wifey's like why do you say that it's like right now is like the holiday season I can say malagayan pasco I can say these things yeah. man I, was, I thought you were just saying it just randomly like throughout the year they'd be like, it's Fourth of July I'm like yo malagayan pasco this fool, man. <laughs> this motherfucker dude. <laughs> you stupid Hey man get out of here Go home Enjoy your family Thank you for coming And giving us update I hope we don't have to do Any more fucking updates About this But you know what I know I have a feeling We're gonna have meet up here In the treehouse again In the next couple of months To let's, go over things Let's hope not right Hey man this one was dedicated To your abuelita We'll put that out there We'll get her name on there Anorma Rest in peace Anorma Navarro God rest your soul grandma Nanay that is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at EmoBrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Pop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. Follow We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. See you.